Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, extremely gorgeous, very hardworking, cruise vacation loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, that's for sure. Thanks, honey. And hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode, and this episode is dropping on the very same day, <laughs> Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. This is what we plan to do most of the time in the future. Obviously, some things will change as we go along, but uh, the plan is to get back to where we record and drop these episodes on the same day. Yeah, you'll just have to say what day we recorded. That's and be right. done with that part. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. I say enough words as it is. Why <laughs> add more to them? <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We are on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and feel free to reach out to us about anything. Yes, it uh, doesn't matter what it is, we just like hearing from you in any way, shape, or form through any of those channels I just mentioned, or whether it could be the Gmail account, whatever. Exactly. We, we just like interacting with you as much as possible. Now, before we get into this week's show, you know we always like to take a look back at the week that was, because we are the Disney show of positivity, and we like to pinpoint those wonderful positive moments that happened to us during the week. And we call it my favorite thing from this week. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's wonderful, fantastic, <laughs> all things great in the world. You know, she does the best research. I'm telling you, she plans the best vacations, <laughs> but she also almost always has the best. My favorite thing from this week. So Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Um, well, I mean, I think the overall favorite thing was getting to have a vacation with you and spend some great quality time together. Um, but if I was to pick one portion of that to say my favorite experience of the week was, that was when we got to do the chef's table on yeah, the cruise. Which we will be talking uh, about here coming up here in just a little bit in our main segment. Uh, that was a wonderful experience. Definitely one of my favorite things mm -hmm. from this week. Uh, we, you know, for mine, it was just basically the, just having vacation. It was just right. so nice to have a relaxing time away from work. It's been a while since we've had a long vacation right. together and that was really nice. And it still continues thanks the holiday. to the, luckily the holiday weekend. So that's really nice as well. Uh, we did get a, my favorite thing from this week from one of our listeners. This came from Tony, the Disney dad. He said, my favorite thing from this week a great Walt Disney World adult trip with my wife staying at the Grand Floridian. We ate at so many new great restaurants for us, got to relax and have fun in the park. A great way to end the summer. That's, that was 
uh, fantastic news. Yes. I know Tony uh, texted me, I think it was the same day we sailed on our cruise and said that, oh, here we are at Walt Disney World again, and there is an eye storm (laughs) set to roll through the state. Uh, But it looked like that pretty much uh, evaded and didn't have any problems for Tony the Disney dad this time. And uh, that was good for most of the state. Our hearts uh, go out to those who were affected by the, the storm uh, yes. through the Big Bend area of Florida and onward into Georgia and the yeah, Carolinas right. and so forth. Uh, and that storm, we were watching it very closely from our cruise ship because uh, a portion of it was in our path for a while right. there. So we were watching it and uh, uh, it was amazing how that thing jumped up from basically a tropical storm into a, a serious hurricane yes. in like no time at all. Right, right. Went beyond the initial predictions. So. so thoughts and prayers to everybody that had to weather that storm and hopefully you made it through uh, safely and right. okay and yeah. uh, you can recover from whatever Speedy damage recovery. might have been done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. On to this week's show. Lots of stuff for you this week, including a spooky extension is coming to the New Orleans Square area, the Disneyland Resort. We'll tell you about that. Destination D23's are attendees are getting a little extra bonus and likely a sneak peek at a new attraction. What's that about? We'll tell you about that as well. But that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. With these changes in latitude, changes in attitudes, nothing remains quite the same. Yes, so for this week's main topic, yes, we did finally have a cruise vacation, one that we've been planning actually for years now. (laughs) Uh, It was not on Disney this time, but we thought this would be a great way to compare and contrast between a couple different cruise lines. We sailed this time with uh, Carnival, which we've done in the past. We've really enjoyed our time with our Carnival cruises. This is a a sailing that we had booked originally, it was a different cruise itinerary, but we had this cruise booked way back in January of 2021. However, there were some issues cruising at that time, <laughs> right. something about a pandemic, and yes. it was scheduled in California, so even more issues uh, with the uh, limiting of cruises uh, in that state as well. So we had to push it back. We pushed it back by a year. Yeah, well, actually, Carnival canceled they it. canceled it originally yes you're correct yes. um they they and then we ended up pushing it back and it was going to be at one point during 2023 that we were going mm-hmm. january of 2023 that we were going to do this but you know we had, it was midway through our move and we were just getting settled in here so we ended up pushing it back one more time right. to the last time we could possibly do it and getting a large amount of shipboard credit that Carnival promised us for canceling our cruise. And that was this sailing right here. Yes. Yeah. So what we ended up landing on was a six night, uh, Western Caribbean cruise sailing out of Miami on the Carnival horizon, uh, with stops at Ocho Rios, Jamaica, uh, over at Grand Cayman and at Cozumel. It's, uh, a, itinerary we've done many 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 times uh so if you're looking for us to talk about the ports 
Well, we didn't really get off the ship to enjoy the ports this time because right. we've done them many, many, yes. many, done excursions many times. Yes. But if you ever want to ask us about some of the excursions we love there, we did debate doing a few of them. Right. We just decided we wanted to relax. We've been all, we've been working very hard and we just wanted to relax and enjoy the ship. Uh, so we decided not to do them this time. But if you ever want to contact us and ask us about, uh, yay, what did you like to do in Cozumel? What did you like to do right. in Grand Cayman, Ocho Rios, et cetera? We'd be happy to help you out sure. with that. Sure. Because like you said, um, we've done some of the excursions there. So uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Yeah. For sure. Uh, absolutely. We're always happy to help as much as possible. Now, our itinerary, we did not know going in for sure if that was going to be remaining our itinerary. Because as we mentioned earlier, there was that storm Medallia that was kind of right. mingling there around going there. on in the tropics. Actually. Right. For weeks before, we saw some other things happening. But that one was going on right as we were getting set to sail. And we saw some other cruise lines, including Disney, the Disney Fantasy, right. changed its itinerary. It was leaving a day before us and kind of doing a different pattern, a different route than what we had planned, but very similar stops. Right. Um, they ended up changing to an Eastern Caribbean. So we weren't sure until we actually sailed. And even with some days into it, we were right. wondering whether or not we would continue on with this same route that we had. Yeah, but fortunately, the weather was great. It was smooth sailing the entire time and we did maintain the planned itinerary track. Yeah. As it worked out, um, the way our route went and when we left, we were either very too much to the east of where the storm was or very much to the south of where the storm was. And amazingly, it actually gave us some really smooth and calm seas. We only had uh, a, a day or two where we even got very much, even just a little bit of rain. We never really had a ton of rain. Right. It was just really, 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 really a great time to be out there on the ocean. Yeah, I think it definitely ranks up there with one of the most smoothest for the entire time sailing right. that we've ever been on. Yeah, we so. lucked out with the weather yeah. for sure. I mean, it was warm, it was sticky, it was humid, right. but that's what you, what you would expect in the Caribbean right. during the summer. Actually, most of the time of the year, <laughs> but definitely during the summer. Right. But um, we found some great places to sit outside and just relax and enjoy. And it was really, really wonderful taking advantage of that luck, the, the, the smooth seas and the wonderful weather. Right. Can't wait to talk about it. Now. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of the ways we were able to enjoy that is that, and it's part of the reason why we ended up booking this cruise is because of this cabin category that they have aboard these carnival cruises. Now, if you go back to our episodes, uh, I think it was from January, 2019, we had booked another carnival cruise uh, that took us to the uh, Southern Caribbean. That one was aboard the sister ship to this one, the Carnival Horizon. That one was the Carnival Vista, but they have very similar cabin styles. We fell in love with this cabin style. It's called the Havana Cabana. Michelle, tell our listeners a little bit about those cabins. Right. So it is a, a cabin that has a veranda, but what makes this one so much more unique is it's like uh, it's on the deck that would normally be called the promenade deck. So there's that area that you would normally be able to kind of walk along the whole uh, length of the ship. This part of the ship had a section for these cabins that was was cut off. And what they did was they extended your cabin onto the promenade deck. So they still left a little bit of a walkway in front of each of the cabins. But your veranda then was actually 
super wide, uh, maybe not wide, deep. Deep, yes. Super deep so that you could actually, that they provided you a, a full lounge chair, a short lounge chair with a footstool and a hanging swing. And you still had plenty of room. Oh, yeah. It wasn't... It could have fit three or four more chairs Oh, sure, yeah. It wasn't crowded at all. So um, it was really spectacular that you had this extended balcony, which just gave the, the feeling of a lot more spaciousness. The cabin inside itself was, you know, typical that you would see in a lot of cruises that have the bed, you know, we had them combined. uh, So it made a king size bed. And then they had a couch sitting area and then the restroom. But having that large, large balcony, you just felt like you had so much space. Plus, it made sitting out on your balcony so much more pleasant. And part of it was uh, um, undercover. And part of it was more exposed. So you had your ability to to kind of be in the shade or be in the sun as much as you wanted. Plus, it included in that section its own pool and a couple hot tubs and, you know, some other nice little things that they would do throughout the day. Yeah, uh, exactly right, Michelle. Uh, So what's great about this cabin, as Michelle was just talking about, is yes, it's on the promenade deck, but it is blocked off. They have an area that you have to either key in or someone has to let you in um, to actually be able to walk the promenade deck. So while you could have some people walking in front of your cabin there, they were only the people that were from your areas. They had a little gate that you can open and you could walk out the back way uh, down the promenade, down to the little semi-private pool that we had there and bar area, which was really nice. Uh, and it made it really easy just to go down there if you wanted to get a cocktail or get that had some chilled water down there, or if we wanted to go and sit by the pool, it was very easy. So it, it, it was this neighborhood feel that even so much as that it looks a little bit like almost like a white picket fence, you right. know, more of a Caribbean style, a Cuban style. It's the Havana Cabana after all. Uh, but it feels very neighborly because you could all be out there, you know, but you were not going to see, there's not a lot of traffic. So you could sit out there and really relax and enjoy your sailing. Right. As Tom mentioned, it was private to people who were in those cabins. You had to wear uh, a, a colored, um, wristband that the people working there were watching. You did have also your, like Tom mentioned, a private, um, well, it wasn't necessarily private bar. It was a private bar on the side where the pool was, but it did open up into a lounge area that other people could access, but they couldn't get into your area. Yeah, they have the Havana lounge there where you can go and listen to, they have some great uh, Latin music that plays there. We enjoyed that a couple of times during the trip and a really nice bar and sitting area as well. And that's open for everybody. But once you got past the doors there into the back area where the pool was and the other side of the bar and everything, that was just for people who stayed in these category of cabins. Right. And so they didn't have a ton of them. It was just kind of the aft section of of the ship. Mm-hmm. But as Tom mentioned, the, the f- their fences is what separated you uh, between your neighbor as well as in front of your area. So it was, again, more open compared to when you think of most verandas where they have either uh, partial or uh, plastic or sometimes they're full uh, boundary there that you can't go beyond it. Here we could go in and out from our balcony to mm-hmm. other areas as well as from our, you know, na- our interior door yeah. to the to the ship. 
But and they did have a portion of it though that was solid between the two adjoining rooms that you'd have some a little privacy. bit of privacy. Yeah. yeah. So it was probably about four feet wide, like you would think of a normal veranda depth that was more solid, but then the rest that extended out beyond from there was open with, with fences. Now we were very fortunate on both of our sailings on these kind of, of rooms that the neighbors were all very nice. You know, people would say good morning or hello, how you doing to everybody. And it, for the most part, they were, it was pretty quiet. I could see if you were staying in that area though, and you had some people who may not have been like that, that it could be a deterrent because you really don't have as much privacy as you would think. But again, having so much space and having places to go, even within that private area, would at least get you away from something if it was there temporarily. Uh, Throughout the segment, we're going to compare and contrast a little bit with Disney Cruise Line, the Carnival Cruise Line to Disney Cruise Line. And I think that this was a big win for Carnival. This, This cabin category for those cabins, we saw some of the inside cabins that are in that category. Maybe not so much right. for those, uh, but this where you can actually get that extended balcony area is a. It, it's the reason why we booked why we booked this cruise again because we enjoyed it so much the first time we did right. it that we loved that cabin and we wanted to do it again and we took significant advantage of it on this cruise. We spent a lot of time sitting out there. I was reading my book all the right, time. Right. You were doing, reading different things right. and, and uh, taking notes. You like to, to journal a little bit during our right. trips. And um, we did take significant advantage of how nice that cabin area is and that little semi-private pool area as well. Right. Yeah. We haven't seen that type, this type of cabin and veranda on on Disney for sure. I mean, unless you were in on the the newer ships and had the highest level suite, would you have anything comparable to that amount of space? Because we've even been on the Wonder and, and the Magic and stayed in their grandest suites. And yes, they were long, but very not very narrow, not deep. So I think the, the closest thing we had to that size veranda was when we were on the, the, the flagpole room on the Disney fantasy, a right. couple, uh, was it the Disney fantasy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the fantasy, um, which is kind of, it's just an extended, uh, aft, aft. balcony, right. uh, where the flagpole is. So you have kind of a, a wider and a longer, right. like you said, true. a deeper, uh, balcony there. Um, so that's about the same size, but it doesn't, it, the, how kind of homey it feels right, um, doesn't compare right. um, to this. Um, so, but it, it, it's really nice, and we would book that cabin again. Now, as I'm telling you, we're going to compare and contrast Carnival Cruise Line to Disney throughout this. Now, we are the Disney Show of Positivity. <laughs> okay, so if you hear us talk about Disney and don't talk about Carnival, take note of that. Okay. Uh, we're not gonna. Yeah, we're be, not gonna maybe. We're not bash. gonna completely rip anything, but uh, you may want to note that. Yes. Yeah. We, what we'll do, because we talked about this on on the on the ship, and you know, as Tom mentioned, we're positive. We don't want to be bashing anybody or any organization. Uh, but so, in order to stay positive, we will highlight the the positive things that Disney offers that you may not experience on another cruise. Because while we had a fantastic 
vacation, there were some issues with this cruise. Right. If you want to talk to us off the air, we may be willing to share a little bit more (laughs) with. But we are the Disney Podcast of Positivity. We're going to try and keep everything as positive as possible. And the cabin is a big win for Carnival. That I I can't say for all their cabins, but those cabins, really, really nice. Another thing I want to say about Carnival that I was really impressed with is that we saw people out, and I think Carnival has taken a shot for this many, many times, but they were out working on cleaning the ship Mm -hmm. um, a lot. Right. Like, you know, we always, we're used to that with Disney. They're always out working on tidying up the ship, right. cleaning up the ship, making sure it's nice. Um, we were impressed that we were able to see a little bit of that with Carnival as well. Right. They were, you know, they had people who were even polishing any of the metal areas that were outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that there wasn't evidence here and there of the age of this ship. Yes. But they were, as Tom mentioned, out frequently cleaning that, cleaning the tables that were out by lounge chairs, as well as, you know, the banisters and, and things you'd expect. But yeah, they, they really did show that they were trying to keep things fresh looking. They were cleaning up or touching up the paint on the pool area and things like that. So they, they did really show that they were trying to keep that ship looking good. Yes. I was I was seriously impressed because I don't expect that from Carnival. Like, right. like what you expect from Carnival is you're going to pay a low price right. and they're going to nickel and dime you. They do that. Right. They did that on our cruise. That's yes. that's what happens. But you pay the low price, so then you can decide if you want to do these add-ons right. or whatever. It's kind of you know I don't know the spirit of the frontier airlines of cruising, <laughs> right, whatever yeah, you want to call right. it. Um, whereas with Disney, you pay the, the everything up, well, not everything, but a lot of it up front. Right. And, you know, you get what you pay for, right, essentially. Right. So yeah. just know that going in. Um, one thing that I will say about Disney Cruise Line that I really, really appreciated during this cruise was how much they keep an eye on making sure everybody washes their hands before going into the various dining rooms right. and especially the buffet. There were some nice hand washing stations on the Carnival Cruise, which we use frequently. Right. Disney makes sure you use those very much. Right. Disney has that set up before you go into the buffet where there's somebody there to greet you and and instruct you to wash your hands. And so that we really, really liked. And this whole concept of safety that Disney has. And we've talked about this in the shows that we've gone on their their tours where safety is their key. And when you talk about their keys, it's their top level key. And and that's really evident on a Disney cruise. Yes. This whole category of safety. Cleanliness, safety. Right. They are very, very good on that. Um, one thing I was impressed with the carnival that I actually liked, and I liked it when Disney did it for a while, and I know that they went back to uh, doing it the other way, and but I really wish they hadn't necessarily done that, was uh, the muster drill when you get aboard. Everybody mm-hmm. has to do a muster drill when right. you get on board. On Disney, you have to get back. They've Since the pandemic, they've started getting back to where everybody gathers in mm-hmm. a certain area and they go through the whole safety talk. With carnival, they instead allowed you to just check in, find where your muster station was. So you know where it was. Check mm-hmm. in real quickly. If they needed, if you needed to see how to put on a life jacket, we've been on dozens of right. cruises. We know how to put on a life jacket if we want to do it. We, we used to go in the day when you had to wear your life jacket right. to the muster station. You don't have to do that anymore on any cruise line that I know of. 
Um, but we know how to do it. Should we need to do it? Um, they showed you that. And then you could go back to your room and they recommended you watch the safety talk on there. I actually, as, as experienced cruisers, I'm okay with not having to go and sit there for 15 minutes in the hot sun and, and watch the, the mustard drill personally. So I kind of liked Carnival doing that. Yes. I mean, we liked it because it was convenient to us. Yeah. But the reality is it's I understand not it. as, it's, as it's a, definitively safe as really having that knowledge and experience. If you were to ask me on day two, where was our mustard station? I'll be honest. I didn't pay that much attention. I just walked in. I, I followed you down the stairs. We went in the room, checked off. We were there and, and left. How ma- Okay. How many times during our dozens of cruises, we are platinum on a couple of cruise lines mm-hmm. and gold on another one. And, uh, you know, we've done a few more on another cruise right. line. How many times have we had to visit the mustard station after that mustard drill? Never. Okay. But in an emergency. <laughs> I you, agree. In an emergency, you would, and that's the whole purpose of these. I understand that it. That it's so and unlikely to happen. I don't have a problem but, with the, that Disney does it. Right. Eh, I just wish there was an option for people who have done it several times. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe if you were, had been on their cruise ship multiple times. But again, if you've been on their cruise ship since they've taken away the full demonstration, then there's never anything securing that you've really gone through that training. Sure. So. I, get, I get it. I get it. And I can see both sides of the... Yeah. The Coming from the healthcare industry with safety being a big issue, re- practice and rehearsing things, just having that general knowledge is key in case of an emergency. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many, much many people actually pay attention to those things anyway. They're just there. But. Right. But, but you'd be surprised what sinks in. Mm-hmm. Even just how to put on the... the the uh, life preserver and if you were there with kids and everything those things kick in yeah okay well there we go see we we we, occasionally we actually disagree on something (laughs) who who knew Uh, and that's the way we feel on that so either way how you like it i'm just telling you right now that you know disney is it one way Carnival does it another way. Right, right. Anyway, um, let's move on to something that we really, really enjoy aboard any cruise. That is the dining mm-hmm. aboard a Disney cruise, aboard a Carnival cruise. Mm-hmm. We do enjoy the dining. Right. I will tell you that the Disney dining room food has improved over the last several years. It has been better than it used to be, I, in my opinion. Right. I know it's not easy and you don't necessarily go to the dining room on Disney for wonderful food because you know i mean look they're half the people they're serving there are only eating macaroni and cheese and chicken <laughs> tenders anyway right. so you know maybe they don't focus on that but disney has i think improved their menus a bit on, on their main dining room right i think disney even at their lowest point was average tasting food and now they've exceeded that for yeah. sure it still isn't like phenomenal like right. you're not going to go there it's hit and miss a bit you're not going to the dining room and getting this exquisite meal every right. time you go there um but i do like their dining room food right yes agreed a disney cruise dining room food is good right agreed. And it's good to enjoy yeah uh both disney and carnival have uh more upscale let's just say signature dining restaurants where you can pay a little more mm-hmm. and have maybe a little bit more fine dining experience uh, on board Disney. Of course, there's mm-hmm. Palo and Remy, of mm-hmm. course, on the mm-hmm. fantasy and um, 
the dream. Um, here on Carnival Cruise Line, you have the option of going to the dining room or you can go to various different restaurants. You can pick and make a reservation each night or walk up if they happen to have some availability right. and see if you can get into them at various different dining spots. We decided after trying the dining room, mm-hmm, we <laughs> decided to go ahead and hit up those signature spots virtually every night. Yeah, but then on... We only went to signature spots yes. and pay extra for the food that we had for dinner. And while you are paying more for those, I would say that almost all the restaurants that we did went mm-hmm. on Carnival. We felt there was value there compared to maybe shoreside dining at a right. restaurant that was of similar, similar quality of, um, of, of doing a paying for those on the ship. Right. Yeah. For the most part, you weren't paying as much as, well, for, yeah, for any of them, you really weren't paying, like you said, what you would pay at a regular restaurant. So there was that discount factor, but yes, it was good value for that food. Before we ever tried the dining room food, we did go, we planned the very first night because there was a special deal. If you go to the steakhouse on board this carnival cruise ship and i think it's aboard many of their carnival cruise ships Mm -hmm. that on the very first night if you dine there if you get a reservation and dine there that they have a special promotion where you can get either 50 percent off of um most bottles of wine that they have and i think you said it cuts off at a hundred dollar bottles of wine so if you if you purchase a one hundred dollar bottle of wine it's a fifty dollar bottle of wine right um, or you can eat, get a bottle of their house wine for no extra cost. Right. And that was either a um, Cabernet Sauvignon, I believe, mm-hmm. or a Chardonnay. You can pick with if you wanted white or red. We decided to go a little more upscale. We did a nice $80 duck horn Merlot. Right. Um, got it for 40 bucks plus, you know, they add, they add the 18% gratuity on mm-hmm. top of that. Um was a great deal for that bottle of wine. For right. Sure. And I believe even Disney has a special at uh, Palos on their first on night, their first night or it, I think they do have something that goes on like that. I can't, or don't, even, don't or quote even us on or that. Remy's too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they have a special regarding wine, either free or discount. Right. So. Um, so we went there and went to the steakhouse and I think we really enjoyed the steakhouse, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, with all the specialty dinings, we saw that the food was really good and we enjoyed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got the surf and turf, which Mm -hmm. you liked. I think you thought the lobster was slightly overcooked, but not terribly so. Right. It had a good flavor. It was just dry. They, what they did was they also put it on, they flamed it broiled it a little bit and i think they left it on a little too long it was quite dry but yeah. it was good flavor um i got a uh, what it was called their signature uh seasoned uh, ribeye mm-hmm. um which was cooked perfectly delicious just too big a steak for me to eat. Right. it was this huge steak like i ate maybe half of it um right. but it was fantastic um I, I i enjoyed our steakhouse visit and we thought about doing it again we liked it so much right we didn't, yeah yeah um but we thought about it and it's understandable that they since they are having people pay more for the steakhouse that they're probably feeling like some people really expect a large portion when they're paying additional from the cruise. And for most of these signature restaurants that we're going to discuss, what you do is you pay a flat fee uh, per guest 
for those restaurants. It'll be, say there how much they are. And then you get an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. Kind of like Palos does right. that. Uh, somewhat similar to in that regard. Um, and so that's what we did. The one place that we hit up and we talked about, you know, thinking about doing a place multiple times, one that we did multiple times that was more of an a la carte menu was we did hit up the sushi spot, bamboo right. sushi mm-hmm. on board the ship. We went one night, enjoyed it so much, we decided to go back for another night. Right. Yes. And that one, you, it was like other sushi locations that you would see anywhere where you, you select what you want and you're charged per those items. So. Yeah. Now we aren't like, what I'll say is we're not super adventurous sushi eaters, and I don't think this place is made for adventurous right. sushi eaters. But if you like a decent, you know, sushi that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of more standard of what you would expect, a California roll, et cetera, um, then this place was pretty good. And what we would do is I think we both ordered bowl of miso soup. Mm-hmm. And then we would kind of uh, order some different things and share them throughout. We had right. a couple of different sushi rolls. Um, I or, we ordered an edamame, which was really good. Right, yeah. um, I ordered the uh, shrimp tempura, which was delicious as well. And right. then we would just kind of share, and that um, came out to a really nice price for what I think was yeah. a, a very good meal. Right, exactly. So we enjoyed that. Uh, we also did try the. They have another uh, Asian, mostly kind of Chinese based. Uh, restaurant right. called Gigi uh, that we tried. Same deal where it's it, not not a la carte. Same deal where you get an appetizer, entree, dessert. Right. Um, that was one of our favorite restaurants. I think that we hit there. It was it was very flavorful. Right. Um, they were willing to work with you on heat. You could either go higher and make it spicier or lesser and go less spicy. We picked kind of middle of the road, but it was full of flavor and very good. Right, and that was the one restaurant that had the best service and it's funny because it wasn't a very expensive add-on uh location but the service there was top notch i would say they're really spectacular especially compared to not that the other places weren't but they seem to be the best Mm -hmm. at service and knowledgeable about the dishes when you ask them questions right it was it was it was top notch um if we had done it Earlier in the cruise, I think we probably would have done there again. Right. Um, but we had plans to hit up one more dining place, which in hindsight, maybe we should have hit up the <laughs> Gigi again. Uh, we did end up going to, and I'm, I'm sorry, I forget the name of the place, but the Italian restaurant. Right. And when we had gone there uh, on the last cruise on the Carnival Vista a few years back, um, I remembered it being very, very good. I was really impressed mm-hmm. with the Italian place. This time, not quite as much. Not that it was bad. It just didn't quite hit the mark that we had expected from some of the other dining experiences. Right. Well, like you said, while we're having dinner, Palos does not have anything to worry about. (laughs) This one, (laughs) this one wasn't Palos, even though the theming tried to somewhat, although it doesn't try to... It was homey. Right. It doesn't try to look so upscale. It does seem to be more comfortable considering cruisers think of Italian food. I think they really try to embrace that and maybe over the years have realized that they probably need to have dishes and flavor profiles that are a little bit more standard for what people think come from an Italian restaurant. And so I think that's what we noticed. The big difference was the flavor profiles and the options were not, didn't seem 
as traditional that you would think of a really nice Italian restaurant. Right. It, it just didn't come across as well as I remember the first time we did mm-hmm. it. Maybe it was just, you know, the group of chefs they have on board this time, uh, whatever it might be. I don't know. It just wasn't quite, didn't quite hit the mark that I remembered. Right. The great experience we had a few years ago uh, at a, a very similar dining establishment aboard the Carnival Vista. Right, so. exactly. But let's get to the place where we had a wonderful dining experience. And so much so, this is another one that we remembered from our last Carnival mm-hmm. Vista cruise that we booked well ahead of time because we knew we wanted to do this. And that was doing the chef's table experience aboard the Carnival Horizon, Michelle. Yes, and that is really such a unique and special experience. You're, yes, you're paying a lot more for it. You're, it's nowhere near the cost of Remy's or Victorian Alberts. I know they have a chef's table there as well. But this is where it's just a small, limited number of people are allowed to go into the kitchen area and and have food there specifically chosen by the chef and presented in a most unique environment and high level of food options. So this takes place right within the galley of the ship, Mm -hmm. the main galley of the ship. They have a a special room set up with a, you know, all decorated, nice dining table there. Uh, They take you, the chef comes out and meets you and takes you into the kitchen. Um, and right there in the middle of the kitchen, they have some, basically a, a couple of mousse bouches and some right. champagne that you can toast and enjoy that. And then they escort you into this room, um, the dining table. We had, I believe it was nine total in our experience this time, right. nine guests total. Right. I think the last time we did it, it was closer to 12, but um, this time it was only nine. Uh, and we did, oh, if you count the amuse-bouche that we had out in the, we had nine courses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of food. So it was a lot of food. Right. Plus you get wine with it. You get a glass, you, not just a glass. They will refill white wine, red wine, and a little bit of port wine at the end of the day to right. kind of go at the end of the, to go with some of the desserts. desserts right. Um, but it, it, you know, small plates, but really delicious, oh, really yeah, so wonderful cool. flavor mm-hmm. profiles and just a really exceptional fine dining experience. Right. It's very unique dishes that that you get there. And they do check, make sure if you have any allergies or certain foods you don't like or whatever. Yeah. If you don't like seafood, they won't, they'll, they'll substitute some, a course for you or et cetera. Right. The difference of this chef's table compared to some others is you're not really watching them prepare food. It's already, there's some preparations actually going on behind you that's hard to 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 see behind where we were if you were on the other side of the table you could see that preparing and that was just maybe some fine tune things at the end Mm -hmm. uh, more how the presentation some of the the delicate um presentation right but the actual food preparation is already done so that you're not watching that whereas i know some chef's table you are actually watching the kitchen do Mm -hmm. food preparation so that wasn't this, but this was exquisite foods, exquisite dishes, unique, similar to the kind of concepts you would see in like a Remy's mm-hmm. or a, Enchante or, right, or right, on the yeah. Disney Wish. 
Um, I could see a little bit because we, we last time when we did this, we were looking at where they were doing the final garnishing and the presentation of the dishes. This time we were looking the other way and you could see into the kitchen some. They do have a big, big windows there where you're looking. And I could see some of the um, preparation there, not the significant amount right. of it, but a little bit of it. Uh, you could check it out. They also do take you like midway through just to kind of let some of their early dishes settle a little bit, walk you through the galley and show you where right. all the different stations are, where the uh, servers come in and pick up from the various uh, chefs and cooks uh, throughout there. And they kind of lead you through to kind of give you a little galley tour. And then you come back and they have at one point uh, a magician come in and do a little bit right. of fun uh, stuff with you, which is um, actually some of the stuff he did. I, it boggles the mind. It's, right, it's, it's yes. actually kind of amazing. Yes. You know? So much so that he, he did something um, that he called out a number and the, the other guest that was there with us was like, no, that doesn't have anything to do with us. He left and later on, she was like, oh my gosh, he knew my bank card number. Yes, <laughs> it was crazy. That was the number that he was talking about. She didn't even realize it at the time because it was something like with her phone or whatever. Right. Later on, he's like, that was my bank card number. How did he know? Right. How is that possible? Yeah. It, it was cool, though, to have a, a specialty little show by yeah, the magician. Yeah, a little bit of entertainment. Right. So anyway, we enjoyed the signature dining experiences. Um, we, mm-hmm. we, were, we, we, we thought they were worth the money to pay the extra for them. Now, know that going in, again, yes, you can pay the low price for a Carnival Cruise Line. But if you decide to do that and you want some of the nicer food, you may want to budget in what it would cost to go to some of these signature dining experiences. Right. And of course, Disney Cruise Line is known for their entertainment factor at the dining room, which is more unique than what you would see at other cruise lines. Yeah. I mean, Carnival does do some fun stuff with their servers, you know, throughout it, you know, they have a little show time with their servers. Right. It's, it's kind of fun, but it's not the same that you would get out of Disney by right. any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. No. Uh, speaking of entertainment, let's talk a little bit about the entertainment on board. Now, I will tell you, Disney Cruise Line has some of the best entertainment you're going to find mm-hmm. anywhere at sea. I don't think that surprises anybody. Right. Disney Cruise Line's entertainment was very, very good. We did enjoy on Carnival the comedians that they have on board. Yes, they have. A, they actually have a lounge that each night they have comics and they switch them out throughout the cruise. They bring on some new ones. And so it's not always the same shows that you get to experience. And that's kind of cool. It's just going to like a, a comedy club each night included in, in your cruise uh, fair. And they usually do one or two uh, PG shows right. there. You know, you can bring the young ones along right. with you if you want. And then later in the evening, they do one or two adult shows that let, you know, the words fly. Right. The subjects are a very adult theme. Right. So know that going in. Yeah. But and, they, and they really do monitor who's each person walking in that they right. are of age. And they do a good job of making sure, you know, or the comics are really good at, you know, knowing the difference between the shows, right? where to push it to for the PG shows and where you can go right. more with the adult shows. But uh, we went several times and in, enjoyed the comedians very much. Yeah, they, they were, were great. They were mm-hmm. very fun, uh, very funny. Uh, Disney Cruise Line, look, their stage shows, phenomenal you're going to get a great story. Mm-hmm. They're going to see some of your favorite characters right. and you're going to enjoy it a lot. We'll say that. Right. Carnival 
shows, they really highlight, they, they do a great job of their costuming. Their costumes are very, very impressive. There you go. Yeah. We'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, as far as activities on board, um, they were more for the, let's just say the crowd that likes to have eh, maybe a little bit of tipsy fun yes. on board. <laughs> maybe not in the, the stuff we'd like to take and get involved with a lot, but people seem to be really enjoying it. They did have some dance parties and some other right. things on yes. um, this cruise. I don't know what it was about this cruise, but man was karaoke huge wow, on this cruise. Yes. I've never seen a crowd enjoy or get more into karaoke than on this cruise. They were having a blast. They were. They really got into it. Uh, they were not shy to participate. They I, they probably had to turn people away because they had so it many... It was the fullest I've ever seen. Yes. And yeah, karaoke. the audience to watch the karaoke was yeah. impressive. And sometimes people were getting up and dancing to the karaoke performers. So it, it was really cool to see that type of experience with karaoke it was fun yeah uh, it was we, we we went by a few times and just sat there and enjoyed the karaoke because part of it was the energy that came out of the room right. it was just it, it was it was just really really nice to see that i like karaoke maybe i need a few cocktails for me to actually take part in karaoke <laughs> right. but i enjoy watching karaoke yeah, it's, it's, yeah it can be a lot of fun and this was over-the-top fun. I really enjoyed um, checking out the karaoke while we were on board. They did have several different musical groups that it performed uh, throughout mm -hmm. the ship at various different spots, and some were better than others. Right. We enjoyed sitting in on watching a few of them, and I would say none of them are our pals, soul duo that you find on board <laughs> right. Disney Cruise Line, but we did enjoy some of their entertainment, and the crowd got into some of them as right. well. Uh, they were pretty good. I'll, I'll give them good credit. They were They were pretty good. Um, one activity that we did take part in a lot and we enjoyed was the trivia on board. There was right. regularly trivia going right. through on board, just as you would find on a Disney cruise. Yep. And, uh, it was various different topics, some that we were better at than others. Right. Yeah, we and actually won. We yes. actually won one. I think, uh, some of our, let's just say some of our opposition during that one, maybe wasn't the strongest. Right. <laughs> we actually did worse, I think on that trivia than we did on some other ones that we lost, <laughs> but we won. So we did, we did walk right. away with our little trophy, which right. is nice. Exactly. And so that, that, that part was similar to a Disney cruise in right. terms of the daytime entertainment they have. And like you brought up in the evening, they did have themed parties that were out on the top deck that people could dress, you know, some were themed that people could dress up like they had an eighties and they had a hot white, and glow party. So they did have some outdoor fun dancing with music to get everybody uh, excited about being on the cruise. Mm -hmm. And I think they they did a good job in that. And lots of stuff on sea days where they had a lot of uh, different uh, stuff going on with uh, things that happened at the pool, essentially. Right. You could you could hear the fun that some of the patrons were having uh, out there. We did not take part in that, but right. uh, they did seem to be having a good time. Right. So, um, and they did that's more your thing, then right. that would be good for you. And they did have like a section uh, on the top deck of they called it, I believe, uh, waterworks, and it was with the Dr. Seuss theme for kids mm -hmm. that they could have like splash areas and slides 
actually adults could go on the slides. So I thought they did a good job in that area. And then they had another area of the ship where you could do like an obstacle course Mm -hmm. way up high. Um, So that kind of was an interesting component. Like sky bikes you can ride around up high as well. Yeah. So, So they did have some unique things on this ship that people could participate for activities. Mm -hmm. And they had some of the traditional like putt-putt golf and, Mm -hmm. or miniature golf, I guess, and foosball, ping pong, They had some good sports courts, a good basketball court and some other areas and lots of stuff that you could do. The activities were there for you. If you were looking to do a lot of things, they were around for you. If you could tolerate the heat and the sun a little bit, right? Eh, yeah. It got a little hot. We stayed mostly in the shade. Right, right. <laughs> a little bit of sun, but we decided we'd stay mostly in the shade, mostly because Michelle, if she even looks at the sun, <laughs> she's already burnt. <laughs> but we did get out and enjoy some of that stuff. And right. It was very good. Unfortunately, we didn't really get to check out the kids club that much. Um, so we didn't get to, we can't really compare it to what Disney is. I, I still think Disney is so very strong in that regard. That right. They are tough to beat. So they, they did have a few open houses. And as Tom mentioned, we didn't get to go into them. There were a lot of times they weren't open at all. I'm, so I'm not saying not an open house. I'm saying they were offering services for even kids to come down when to. When we were in ports, that happened several times. Right. Which we're used to Disney especially on port days, having things available so the parents can go do excursions out in the ports and things like that. That surprised us a little yeah, bit. A little that, bit. You know, um, but looking at what they had, they, they did have different club levels similar to Disney based on age. Um, but sometimes they charge fees yeah. for that, so, especially for the, for the smaller kids. Know that going in, right. the differences between the two um, kids clubs mm-hmm. involved if you're looking to add that to your decision on what cruise line you might decide to right. book uh, a sailing with. Oh, yeah. Speaking of reasons you might want to look into booking a sailing on, you know what Disney does better than anybody else? And it's not a surprise to us. We know this going in. Their customer service is top notch. Yes. 100%. Doesn't matter if you're in the parks, the resorts, Disney Cruise Line, their customer service is phenomenal. Right, yes. And you can expect that you'll be heard and they will be efforts to make you happy, service recovery if needed. Disney does it great. And if you have any issues, they will try and rectify that situation in a quick manner as best as they can. Now, they can't do everything for everybody. Right. But Disney is always on top of it. We've multiple times with Disney where we have run into some problems that we actually just want to point out to them, Mm -hmm. not necessarily look for anything to be fixed for us. Right. And they have gone out of their way to fix things for us. Right, right. Disney does that better than anybody they still do. Right. Much better, <laughs> much, much, much better, much, much, much better <laughs> than some other cruise lines. Now, one of the things that when you go on a Disney cruise is you can expect that anything to do with things that you have purchased or uh, credits that are due to you are going to be on their computer system and working properly. And I know that I was... And if they're not, they'll fix that situation quickly. Yes. Uh, Interestingly, I was on a Facebook group, 
And so I'm not bashing. We're just going to tell you what I read in a Facebook group. And it kind of rang true for us. Uh, somebody in the Facebook group suggested if you made any prior purchases before the cruise of something to experience on the cruise to bring evidence of that, whether it's an email confirmation or a screenshot that you made that purchase because their experience was that Carnival didn't have record of that, that they had to prove to Carnival that they had made that purchase, which we've never had that experience on Disney. Yeah. Just speaking from experience, let's just say we concur with that Facebook post. So we're not going to get any more into it than that. (laughs) But just know, Disney customer service still reigns as the very, very (laughs) best by a large, enormous, gigantic margin. Right. Mm -hmm. And as much as, you know, there's always been, and even sometimes we'll kind of to kid about Disney's IT, it's accurate when it comes to the finances <laughs> and you don't have to prove things to them. Um, bottom line, we had some issues on the cruise, but we still ended up, had a, a very nice vacation aboard mm-hmm. Carnival again. Will we be booking with them again? Possibly if we can get these cabins again, we really like, like those cabins right. as well. Um, but I don't know if we're looking in a hurry to do that. We have a couple Disney cruises coming yeah. up that we're very, very excited about in 2024 that we're going to be taking on. And then we'll see where we go from there. But we did have a wonderful vacation. The weather was spectacular. We loved our cabin. We loved the food that we ate. And um, it was really, really enjoyable. Right, Michelle? Right. Yeah. Glad glad to have done that and uh, had that time with you. Yeah. Uh, me too. That was uh, a lot of fun and it was just good to have some good quality downtime right. together exactly. for sure. Now, we danced around a lot of things here on this. <laughs> if you do want to find out more and what we think between both cruise lines, if you have something you're thinking about doing, feel free to contact us. We'll be happy to answer any questions and get more into this. Right. We just want to keep things positive right. here on our on our Hyperion Adventures podcast, a podcast of positivity for sure. But that is what we thought of our Carnival Cruise and a little bit of comparison to a Disney cruise. Come Monday, it'll be all right. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze. And I just want you back by my side. So we did have a nice vacation. It was great to be aboard a cruise ship again. And um, boy, we love being at sea. It's just just something really, really nice about it for sure. Now, before we get into our Disney stories of the week, I believe Michelle has a little specialty piece that she's put together for a special date that's coming up this week. Right. If you heard our last episode, we announced that coming up this week, actually on Tuesday, is Lightning McQueen Day. That's on September 5th, 9-5. That represents his number. And so I thought I'd just give a few little tidbits about... Uh, Lightning McQueen that you might not know in celebration of Lightning McQueen Day. And speaking of his car number 95, that actually was came from the year Toy Story was released mm. to acknowledge that, which was the beginning of 
what Pixar became known for with their animation films. Um, now his design, Lightning McQueen's design, is a one of a kind. It's not specifically after one car. In fact, it's a fusion of NASCARs from the mid-2000s and the endurance race cars from the late 60s. Plus, as pointed out by Motor Trend Magazine, there's a little bit of Corvette C6.R sprinkled on top. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't call him. He doesn't look like a Corvette, but he's got a little touch of that. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that it's doesn't influence. surprise me. Yeah. Right. Good eye, honey. His official acceleration speed is 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. Now, some people thought that he acquired his name from uh, legendary actor and car enthusiast Steve McQueen. However, Lightning got his name as a tribute to Pixar's supervising animator Glenn McQueen, who had died prior to the film's release. Really? Yeah. Uh, that is very, uh, Michelle stuff. I always, <laughs> I always learned something. I really thought it was Steve McQueen. Right? Yeah. So that's a plus. I think that it was helpful that there was somebody on there, but the, the influence first came from him. And if you, uh, you may remember, I think it was in Finding Dory or Finding Nemo. Um, where they put a tribute to mm. Glenn McQueen. Mm. Now, in the scene where Lightning tries to race Doc, mm -hmm. remember to try to get out of having to do the, the that Doc offered if he can beat he him. Won't, won't have to he won't have road, to redo yeah. the road, yeah. So you may recall that Lightning skids off the road into a patch of cactus plants. Well, actually, one of those cactus plants is shaped like a small car. You, you'd have to pause the film to really see it, but it's on the right side of the, the screen by Lightning's driver's side headlight stickers. There is this little silhouette of a cactus car, and that same cactus car appears in the plant outside of the Cozy Cone Motel. Hmm. Now, many Pixar film fans know that A113 appears in the films that it's coming from the room number of an animation school where many of the Pixar artists attended. Yeah, you, Cal Arts. Right. Now, do you know where that A113 shows up in Cars? I've probably seen it, but I don't recall. Mater's license plate. Ah, okay. Now, another little detail, because... You know, with Pixar, they really like authenticity. So you may recall when the town does their lighting up of all their neon signs, that on top of Flo's Diner, there are these lights that appear. They're spark plug lights. They look like spark plugs. Well, the director wanted to make sure real gearheads had a little something special, so they actually light up in the sequence of a real V8 engine. Oh, really? That's interesting, because it's built in like with a dual block, like a V8, right. um, the way the way it's the, the diner oh, sets yeah, up. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's interesting that they light up in order, too. I wouldn't have expected that. Yes. So now, here, here's some other little asides that I thought were kind of cool, interesting things. Now, People may know that Crocs makes a really cool kids Lightning McQueen Crocs. Mm -hmm. Well, several years ago, this one guy really wanted adult Lightning McQueen Crocs. And he, through the internet, gained a lot of 
well, let's say traction <laughs> um, for that to where Crocs took notice. Now, uh, this came from an interview with the director, Cars director, Jay Ward. He said that Crocs decided to release a small amount, 40000 to appease this this excitement about it. They, they felt like they were going to lose money. But au contraire, it was such a hot item that they sold out within hours of release. Wow. Yeah. Now, for preparation of today's show, I went to the Crocs website and saw their last release of the adult Lightning McQueen Crocs, which happened to light up, um, was released about two weeks ago. And as you would expect, they are no longer available. Wow. I know. No I did. Idea. I did check on Amazon just in case I had wanted to buy some. Uh, I could get some from a third party that said they were new for hundred and forty-five dollars. Did you check on eBay to see what they're going for? No, I figured that Amazon was probably a good barometer of mm. of that. So, um, but Jay Ward did admit he does he does have a pair. <laughs> Funny. Uh, some other interesting little tidbits that professional NASCAR racer Danny Suarez admits that he actually had a poster of Lightning McQueen in his bedroom when he was a kid, and that actually influenced and made him want to become a NASCAR driver. that's cool. Yeah. And the other, I think, most heartwarming thing about the Cars films and the franchise is that, obviously, it's definitely beloved franchise, and what has come about as a result is Route 66 has benefited from that in that there's new generations of travelers wanting to stop along the way into those towns, which Radiator Springs was a replica of, where townspeople had been there. They were trying to keep their business afloat, even though the the highway had changed um, and that people weren't taking Route 66 so much. Uh, but they are now seeing a reju or since the film saw a rejuvenation of people coming along to check them out. So it's kind of nice that this film actually had a positive impact on communities. That's good. Yeah. Um, it's one thing I think that was a miss of the mark. Well, I mean, there are many things that miss the mark in Cars 2, but mm -hmm. even in Cars 3 a little bit is I wish they spent more time back in Radiator Springs, right. you know, because I think that is such an iconic space. That and yeah, Route 66 is such a you know an interesting location. I mean, up and down that whole stretch, right? We've been on a little piece of it, haven't nearly been the entire thing, but just a small piece of it, and really enjoyed going through some of these small diners and everything that are on right, Route 66 right. for yeah. sure. So. so, I'm glad that there's been a little bit of a rejuvenation that part of that came from the right. Cars franchise, right? And like I said, new generations of families bringing their kids there and perpetuating very it a cool. little bit. Very so, cool. Anyways, I like that. It's my little tidbit of Lightning McQueen for Lightning McQueen Day on Tuesday. I like it. I like it. Michelle's research, <laughs> always the best research. It's just a small piece and I still learn stuff I didn't know. Every single time. It's amazing. I don't know how she does it. Oh, you're sweet. Speaking of amazing, I want to talk about our great friend, Nate, with Main Street and More Travel because let's face it, we all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you, Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan 
customize a, a trip that is going to be the best for you, answer your questions. It's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything. High end. It is high end stuff that he will help you out with, answer all your questions. He is there for you to make sure your trip, wherever it may be, be the best it possibly can be. And as Michelle mentioned, no extra cost to you. That's because either Disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your What you end up paying is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. I mean, there's never a guarantee, but let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate with Main Street and more travel. Now let's go ahead and get to our Disney stories of the week. I do have a few for you this week. I'm going to start with a spooky extension is coming to the New Orleans Square area of the Disneyland Resort. This is going to be kind of cool. This is from the Disney Parks blog. They said the stately grounds of the Haunted Mansion will expand with a spirited metamorphosis at Disneyland Resort next year. In 2024, the additions will build on the story and lore of the Haunted Mansion and include an expanded outdoor queue to immerse guests in enhanced theming, as well as a new retail shop adjacent to the attraction's exit. I think that's really important because we've seen it much more in the recent times that the Haunted Mansion queue often extends through that New Orleans Square area. Mm -hmm, Right. And unlike at the Walt Disney World Resort, you know, until you actually get onto kind of the grounds of the Haunted Mansion itself, there really isn't a lot to check out there and see of of real interest while you're in the queue. So I think adding some of that flair to it is going to be beneficial uh, to those who are waiting to ride on one of our favorite attractions for sure. Right. Yeah, that's cool. So the story goes on to say, local legend suggests the manor known today as the Haunted Mansion was first built by a prosperous sea captain. To this day, the mansion's staff faithfully maintains the happy haunting grounds. The expanded queue will tie into these stories and more, including new gardens inspired by Master Gracie, Madame Leota, and the One-Eyed Cat. Each of the gardens will feature unique elements ranging from a water fountain and gazebo to themed uh, statuary and landscaping. In fact, guests will be able to see a new greenhouse where the groundskeepers for the Haunted Mansion grow their plants. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. I mean, a lot of these these statues, I think, the statuaries that they're talking about. If you go through the Walt Disney World's queue for mm-hmm. the Haunted Mansion, they have a lot of that. Including right. There's like a murder mystery. If you if you look at the uh, some of the statues right. the right way that you can kind of try and figure out as you're going through the queue, hopefully this will be something similar to that. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Madame Leota, they said they felt it was time to continue her presence beyond the walls of the Haunted Mansion with an all-new retail shop. This carriage house of the mansion... Uh, belonging to Leota will be a standalone shop that they are just dying <laughs> to tell you more about in the future. 
They also will make enhancements to the plaza adjacent to Tiana's Palace. This area is one that holds a lot of memories and history, and a new elegant park-like setting will be a place to relax and enjoy the ambiance and live entertainment under the shade of new and historic trees. And construction on these additions will begin in January 2024. They don't say when they'll be finished. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, it's it's not like they're building in a whole new attraction. They're right, just adding some areas to it. So hopefully, it won't. You know, maybe by summer, late spring, right. yeah. early summer, yeah. by twenty twenty four, they'll have them ready to go. Right, right. Let's hope. Yeah. So that's all cool. I'm glad they're enhancing that section of the park for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. Seeing yeah. those changes and yeah. additions, I should yeah. say. I mean, it won't be. A, they'll be closing it down when we're there in January. But um, the next time we visit, right. uh, Hopefully, we'll get a chance yeah. to see it all. Moving on to our next story, Destination D23 attendees are getting a little extra bonus and likely a sneak peek at a new Mm. attraction. Yes. So exciting. This came from a D23 email that we received because we are attendees of Destination (laughs) D23. They said, we are thrilled that you are joining us at Destination D23, and we do have one more very special surprise that we are excited to share with you. On Saturday, September 9th, all Destination D23 attendees are invited to an evening at Epcot with D23. Yeah, I was very happy to hear about that. Yes. At the conclusion of the day's final presentation, Epcot, always in a state of becoming, we are excited to invite all Destination D23 badge holders to head over to Epcot for an evening celebrating the magic of possibility. Starting after 5 p.m., you'll have plenty of time to make your way to Epcot, have dinner, and then join us for our special surprises. What could those surprises be? Uh, There's a lot of speculation, and I don't think it's out of the stretch of anybody's imagination because they've already been doing cast member previews Mm -hmm. that one of those special surprises, and if this is a spoiler for anybody, please skip ahead right now, but it sounds like we're going to get to have the opportunity to take a little preview of the Journey of Water, Mm -hmm. uh, featuring, of course, inspired by Moana. Right. Uh, that we are really excited about. Yes, uh, hope so. Hope that's what it is. But even if it's not, I'm sure it's going to be something spectacular and yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it's not, really. Right. Because like I said, they're doing cast member previews now. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a l- all likelihood that this will be part of it. Now they said surprises. I don't know what else is in right. store there. But uh, even if it's just that, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think you're looking forward to maybe getting a fast or lightning lane on two frozen well i'm always looking forward to that <laughs> ever after yeah uh the story goes on to say admission to epcot after 5 p.m will be provided for all attendees who have not already arranged tickets and park reservations for epcot that day just make sure that you have your destination d23 badge with you all evening and they say please stay tuned for more uh details on the admission and special surprises for this event that will be announced during destination d23 and by the way even if you're not going to get to a chance to attend a lot of these panels are going to be streamed live uh through the d23 website and probably their social media channels as well so you can still kind of check in with what's going on and what's happening with those panels exactly and we may happen to know a show that may be doing some special episodes um based on that as well yes we may happen to know those people (laughs) just maybe yeah Finally, one more quick note. If you thought you missed out on the chance to get a look at what's to come for Disney Cruise Line's newest ship, well, we have good news for you. Uh, This came from a Disney Parks social media post. They said, unfortunately, due to Hurricane Idalia, Mm -hmm. they had to postpone their virtual grand reveal of the Disney treasure 
but that has been moved to this week. It'll be on Lightning McQueen Day, as a matter of fact. It's going to be on Tuesday, uh, September 5th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So you still have your chance to check out what's to come for the new Disney ship. It's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. And it's it's nice that they, during the very difficult time for all Florida residents, I mean, even we were glued to the satellite TV that we got a little bit of news on the cruise watching which way is the the path of the hurricane we know people throughout the state and even our home like not that we were expecting a direct hit but what kind of impact it might have in our area in our neck of the woods right. so it's something that was definitely weighing on Floridians minds even before it actually made landfall so it's nice that Disney kind of took a step back and not yeah, use this isn't that the ideal time. time to be putting this on for everybody right, right. exactly for so. sure so and i uh, get a chance to check it out i know michelle i'll be working that day but michelle is going to get the chance to check that out and i'm sure she'll uh, report back to us a lot of that stuff also shows up on youtube later the entire thing so if you can't get to watch it immediately if you're right. working at that time or whatever it might be uh, you'll get the chance to see it at some other point exactly. but look i'm excited to see what the the treasure has involved yes. with it see what they you know it's going to be similar to the disney wish in some regards see what they took from the disney wish maybe learn from the disney wish right. and hopefully um improved on the Disney wish and um, it's, it's cool. I'm, yeah. looking, I'm excited to see what, yeah, what's just involved. The overall theming of adventure is mm -hmm. just so cool. Yeah. I like that as well. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, mm -hmm. we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip on your next vacation. And when we do this, well, we always start with Michelle because look, you already heard about it. She plans the best vacations. You also heard she does the best research. <laughs> she also has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. So my tips as we were talking about Epcot is something that you may want to look out for the next time you're at Epcot is a very unique souvenir that you could bring home. Now, I'm not going to say it's completely free and it's certainly not something that's offered every day, but in the France Pavilion, sometimes, typically the end of the week, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you may see a sign that says complimentary engraving on their perfume bottles. So you could make a purchase of the perfumes from the shop there, and they have an, uh, an engraving artist who can do amazing. I've seen some of the images like uh, engraving the Eiffel Tower, um, your name or whatever, just little special things on that bottle that one, you have the perfume, but even after that is long gone, you have this beautiful, actually piece of art as a souvenir from your, your trip to Epcot. So the engraving is free. <laughs> so something to think about if you want to have a very special souvenir or as a gift to somebody and you would just have to watch. They would have a sign outside of the, the shop on those days when they have the engraver present. Very good. 
That's uh, that's some interesting stuff. I like that they engrave like the Eiffel Tower into that. That that's pretty yeah, cool, especially yeah. if like for somebody for a gift for somebody. Right. We're coming up now on the holiday right. shopping season. Maybe that might be something that someone you can, you can get ahead of your shopping now. Exactly. Although you know it's almost Christmas time in Disney years <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you might as well get a hold of that shopping now and have something exquisite like that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So like I said, it's not there every day. They're not there every day. There's not a routine schedule but something you may happen upon that could be really special. Can't hurt to check into it for sure. Michelle's tip, always the best (laughs) tip. My tip this week, look, we we just got off this cruise and this cruise, as we mentioned during it, was right in the middle of storm season, hurricane season in the Caribbean. Uh, It happens every year. There's always these tricky tropical uh, times of year And sometimes you can get some great deals by sailing during those periods, but you do want to be prepared for them and know going in. So, you know, you can pivot if necessary when things go a little sideways, you know, because (laughs) look, we didn't know for sure. We got very, very lucky with our itinerary that it stayed the same, that the seas were about as calm as we've ever seen them in the Caribbean. Um, but that's not always the case. And we saw that when I mentioned it with other cruise lines that had to change. Right. So if you are planning on booking a sailing during these times, there's a few things you just want to keep in mind. One, no, it is the sea and that could go for any time of year. Um, it can be, it can fluctuate on how it reacts. It can be completely smooth or it can be rocky. Right. Um, it just, you have to be more aware of it, especially during this time of year. Um, when you're planning out your port, adventures. Sometimes you may want to make sure you know what the cancellation note is. Now, if you book through Disney Cruise Line or your other cruise line, no matter what happens, whether you change ports, you miss a port, whatever, they will figure it all out for you. Cancel it, change it, whatever they need to do. But a lot of times you can save a little money and maybe find something a little different to do by booking on your own. That's fine, but you want to know what their cancellation policy is. And if there's some sudden changes while you're out at sea, and maybe you can't contact them easily, right. what you can do to fix that so you're not getting charged for something that you never get the chance to do. So exactly. take that into the equation as well. Again, be prepared for possible changes that happen throughout. Your your cruise could be cut short. Your cruise could be lengthened because of storms that are in right. the area. You could be doing a completely different itinerary. No, no. And I will say this for every cruise line. I, I Every time we do a cruise, we do cruise insurance, but right. especially during hurricane season because of the fact that you just don't know how things might change. Your cruise could be completely canceled. And yes, the cruise lines will almost always do a good job to reimburse you for that, but it doesn't hurt to have a backup. Right. And they might not cover all the charges. They might only cover the charges of the actual cruise. Not your travel to right. and from the location, hotel, hotel stays, et everything else involved with that as well. Uh, unless you book them through the cruise line, right. which you can do as well. Uh, also, um, one thing with insurance, and this is the biggest thing why we do cruise insurance, is that it can always be a little tricky. Now, we've been very lucky that we have not had a serious illness or a fall or anything where we've gotten ourselves injured on right. there. Um, what your medical insurance will cover can be a little different depending on where you are in the world, right. on the cruise ship, if they need to get you off the cruise ship for some reason. Now, God forbid that that happens, but we have seen it happen. Right. So especially if you have 
to be traveling with some of your elderly family members or whatever, be prepared for that. Uh, some of this travel insurance can help um, maybe on top of what you already have for right. medical insurance, insurance as well. Another key thing, and I think that this is huge for any cruise and maybe for any vacation, is have a travel agent. I'm going to tell you right now from our cruise experience, thank goodness we had a travel right. agent for this because they were able to help us out with something that happened with us significantly. I wish it had been Nate. This We booked this cruise yes. well before <laughs> our great friend Nate because he would have done an even better job with this. Right. But this person did help us out and was a good point person back on the land to kind of make sure that what we were experiencing, what we were missing, got provided for us. Right, right. Because there was even at one point in the process where I was talking to customer service that they connected me with their main headquarters. And in essence, the person first said, well, you booked through a travel agent. We really need to talk about this to the travel agent. So they weren't going to talk to me initially. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so take that for what you want. If you had done it yourself, could you have handled it yourself? Maybe not. I like having somebody back on the land that can like, so you can still enjoy your vacation. They're handling the tough right. things, making the phone calls, doing all this stuff. Right for you while you can still be enjoying this should something go wrong. Yeah, if there's any discrepancies right. or anything like so, that. So I, again, we will always suggest our great friend Nate is a wonderful um, person for this. He knows his Disney Cruise Line stuff. He's great. Um, you can book with them, but uh, virtually any certified Disney vacation planner or travel agent in general um, can help you with right. uh, whatever cruise uh, you might be doing. And uh, we highly recommend, especially for cruises, that you have them involved. And again, no extra charge. Right. They don't, you don't pay anything extra to have them help you exactly. out, but they can be very helpful. Right. So just a few tips for cruising during hurricane season, because again, it can end up being a wonderful trip. We had a great trip. The weather was smooth as could be, but it could have been tricky. Right. And, uh, yeah. They're not going to bring you into a storm, but as Tom mentioned, itineraries may change. And if you really had your heart set on a certain excursion, for example, to know that eh, there's a yeah. possibility things could change. Be flexible. Right. Be flexible more than anything else. So that's it for this week's show. Next weekend, well, we'll be at Destination mm -hmm. D23. And so our plan is... Assuming some of our technology works correctly, <laughs> we may do, instead of a regular standard episode, big, long, some will say too long episode, <laughs> uh, that we're going to do a series of mini special bonus episodes right. kind of discussing what we experienced uh, throughout the Destination D23 event. Maybe Friday night doing a little, you know, we're, we're going to do a little shopping, but also maybe do a preview of it, right. what we're hoping to see and what we're looking forward to. And then recapping on Saturday and Sunday night, uh, some of the things that we experienced while we were there. And there'll be right. shorter episodes, like I said, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes tops. Um, but we did this a few years back at uh, the D23 Expo. Right. And we want to do something similar. I to that. I don't think it'll be as fantastic as the D23 Expo is, but I do think we'll have some good stuff to talk about that you all might be interested in. Sure. I mean, it's not where they're releasing a lot of new information. It's more kind of an homage to the things that you can enjoy through the Disney company, but uh, I'm sure we'll have things to talk about and we don't want to 
postpone those till the following week and it'd be kind of old. Yeah, exactly. And plus, I mean, we're, we're going to be out there, so it's yeah. going to be tough to record a full episode anytime. So we'll just do these short little special episodes for you and hope right. you can enjoy that and listen to a few of them or all of them. As for today's show, we appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We are on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you want to contact us for any reason please hit us up at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com and if you're looking for a way to help support this podcast you could become a patreon we have levels starting as low as two dollars a month and get some special little swags and things from that and it really does help support this podcast yeah very much so well, we got a new soundboard here thanks to everybody who is uh, pitched in on that Patreon board. So hopefully the sound is coming through. We're still working out a few bugs with it, but hopefully it's coming through a little bit uh, better than it was before. Especially so. since the last one wasn't really recording. <laughs> it was that. There was a couple times when we got through with the episode, I started to edit it. And I'm like, uh, honey, we have to go back and re-record the entire episode or at least like two thirds of the episode right. because something went sideways yeah. with it. So. Yeah. And when that happens a couple times, you're realizing it's yeah, time it to. Once it was enough for me, but yeah. Yeah, we let it go a couple more times. They're like, no, nope, we can't. Especially if we get a guest on, we cannot have yes. that happen. So I'm happy again, still trying to work had a couple kinks with this board but i think it's coming through much better now hopefully yes. yeah hopefully so thank you for listening to another episode of the hyperion adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week until that time i'm tom i'm michelle and we hope that you have a magical week